I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Maddie Myers. And I'm Jason Trier. And we are back for another Beans Cast. Yes. It's time for a Beans Cast about Call of Duty Modern Warfare, specifically Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, a 2007 game. Right. You got to specify. Got to get the title right. It's important. (laughs) We don't want people to think we're spoiling a different Call of Duty game of an identical title. Right. The 2019 Modern Warfare, which we are not. (laughs) And in fact, I don't think any of us have even played. We are talking about the 2007 game, which was a very big game when it came out. It was, I would say, one of the most important games of the last couple of decades. And I think a lot of people have played it. A lot of people have had thoughts and takes on it. We have all played it or re played it over the last couple of weeks and we're just going to talk about Call of Duty. This is going to be kind of loose. We're going to keep it loose. My first Call of Duty, I should say. Yes, it's Jason's first first ever Call of Duty. That is definitely where we're going to start is with Jason. Before that, just really quick, this game was developed by Infinity Ward. By 2013, it had sold 15.7 million copies. I would argue that its release (laughs) is one of like four crucial events in the 16, 17 year lifespan of Call of Duty. It Mm -hmm. revolutionized multiplayer gaming, console multiplayer gaming, as we know it in 2007. And, you know, people talk a lot about how, like, every game for a long time was like Call of Duty and was a Call of Duty clone. But Mm -hmm. even at the time that this game came out, it felt different. It felt really, like, different in a lot of ways um, from what it was. This game came out two years before Uncharted 2, for example. There's a lot going on in this game. It It was an interesting period of time. So, Jason... We're going to start with you, because you just finished playing this game, I think, today, as we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious. Right? Yep. I'm curious what you thought of it. So what did you think oh, of uh, Modern Warfare? I have so many thoughts. It's it's a lot. Um, yeah. The first the first thought I have is that I, I probably would have felt much differently about this game if I played it in 2007 than I did playing it today, because my politics have changed so much, and mm-hmm. I've become so much more progressive now than I was even just like four years ago. Um, So all that said, um, playing this game made me very uncomfortable for a while. For the first couple hours, I felt very uncomfortable with like the, the fact that it was like this, this radical glamorization of the, the army and shooting people and war. And it just felt like turning, turning war into this roller coaster theme park, like fun ride. And like, there are lines as you're playing that are just like, like, yeah, good kill. I see a lot of little pieces down there as you're shooting dudes. And it's just like, it feels gross, like between the ooh and the Marine, like the bros. And it just, it felt very disturbing to me. But then as I saw the game, like kind of unfold, I understood more about like why this game felt so revolutionary. They do so many incredible things in the game um, that are just like like even I played the remastered version I should say um, mm-hmm. but just looks stellar and just like even I, w- I actually went back and watched some footage from the original game and even now like some of that yeah, stuff looks no incredible yeah. um, some of the things they do with like the, the some of the level design is incredibly creative and some of the um, the, the missions are just mind-boggling like between the drone strikes and the hella gunning and the cars and the, the constant explosions and nuclear bombs and everything you see in the game is just like a visual spectacle um i really enjoyed that one mission in the past where you're playing as captain price um yeah. or i guess the lieutenant lieutenant price um in chernobyl and um you're in the ghillie suit and you got a stealth sniper rifle which was pretty yeah. cool so i still felt pretty gross about the amount of murder <laughs> in in this game um but I, I I won't say that I didn't enjoy playing it. Like there's it's it's very much it creates this adrenaline rush as you're playing. Um and I 
certainly appreciated that. If not, like, it's not how I would prefer to spend my time playing Call of Duty games or anything like that. But I like a appreciate it and like understand why and i could definitely see some stuff that like clearly trickled out to other games and inspired other games the one other thought i had was that it was like actually kind of nice to be playing a game where i didn't have to think about like exploring and poking into to desks and like like (laughs) having just played the last of us 2 a little while ago going into this game and like going through houses and desks and drawers and like there's nothing you can do all you can do in this game is shoot there is um, intel. And I guess you pick can up get intel, intel files. That's you can pick up intel Who files. cares? It's the only right. collectible. Though. But really, all you're doing is yeah. shooting and following your soldiers around and hitting checkpoints and blah, blah, blah. It's like very much theme park, roller coaster, sending you down one direction. No thinking or choices. And it is kind of nice to play a game where you don't have to make any decisions or do any exploration or yeah, like you're really orders. think about anything. Yeah, all you're doing <laughs> is following orders and like gunning down dudes with a sniper rifle. And there is, I can see the appeal to that, to not having to think very hard in a game so yeah those are those are my my broad takes on that's yeah we'll get into i think a lot of those of those the particulars of those things so maddie you replayed this game over the last week or so. yes this was a replay for me i played this game in 2007 folks Mm -hmm. and i loved call of duty and games of this ilk during that time period although i remember thinking at the time that this game didn't compare to Counter-Strike, which Mm. had come out previously, famous Half-Life mod, also set in a desert, multiplayer game. I was a PC gamer. And this, I remember, was one of the uh, console shooters that I tried as I was uh, getting more into console shooters uh, later in in my college gaming career. It wasn't an actual career. And (laughs) I, I just... I I also, Jason, was struck by how much my my own politics have changed since 2007, and it's impossible for me to divorce those feelings from how I feel about playing the game now, and just, it's not to say I wasn't still pretty left-leaning in 2007, but I I had such a different outlook about war in general, and war games, like I played paintball with my friends, and we all wore camo, and hung out with a lot of people who were conservative, and I was like very cool with hanging out with people who were really conservative, and had different outlooks about war than I did back then, and I was just like more moderate at that time, and played a lot more of these kinds of games, and my friends group was into the military in a very different way than... I am now and then my friends group is now. And so I play this game Mm -hmm. and I just associate it with that time in my life when I was feeling a different way about all of these issues. And I think about post 9-11 games, basically, which I would say this game definitely is speaking to those anxieties very, very directly and those power fantasies about what joining the military can mean and what it meant to people in the... 2000s and or what it supposedly meant and yeah it's weird Mm -hmm. to to look at it feels very much like a recruitment tool and like that kind of creeps me out the way that it feels like it's it's very much training people for like wanting to join the military and i think a lot about like how many kids are playing this and like wanting to join the military it's 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 very very it does make it seem very game-like and there, are, I think that's to its credit. Like, I think that's exactly what it's trying to do is, is make being in the military seem like a really badass game. Like, it's still very serious in this game. And, like, you can die and the stakes are presented as significant. And you see people die and your yeah. friends die. Yeah. And all of that is that heightened aspect is still there. It's not glamorizing that aspect, but it is glamorizing 
the U.S. military and the British military Mm -hmm. and specifically the missions that they go on. And I really struggled with that in 2020 because the the (laughs) the antagonists in this game, I was like, I don't know if I think they're being entirely unreasonable with some of these villain monologues at the beginning (laughs) of the game about Western overreach in the Middle East, like. I didn't know very much about that in 2007, but in 2020, I've read a lot more about that, about imperialism, and I feel very differently playing this game now than I did then. Yeah, I do too. I, I think I have a, I think I have a kind of different read on the story than maybe the two of you do. But oh, that's um, great. We can get into that when we get into the story. I was actually struck by how much of a turning point this game is in the series because yeah. it's. God, it's like everything about Call of Duty changed at this point, where up until now, this series had been World War II games. So they had been games about wars that already happened, about wars between two more or less equal sides, and about wars that we know the story of the wars, and they're like telling, based on the real experiences of people, that at this point we have so much distance from, that it can be like a kind of a clearer good versus evil thing where you're shooting Nazis and like, you know, it's from a long time ago. Right. Um, And it it, like that, that kind of clear cut video game, the bad guys are there and shoot them thing works a lot more cleanly in a world war two game. This game switches to the modern era and to a war that doesn't actually exist Though you say it's a post 9-11 game, I feel like this is a post Iraq war game to me, which I know is like kind of a like they're they're really similar. But to me, it really feels like like after the Iraq war was clearly a disaster. This game feels to me in some ways like a commentary on that. Like there are aspects of this story that feel on purpose. Like I know it's, it's always hard to get into intent. We've already discussed a little bit about like what it feels like the game was trying to do. But I think there are points that to me, it's very clear that the game is trying to make us uncomfortable with what's happening on screen. I really wonder about that too, because there are so many things in it that I'm like, is this a commentary on the thing or is it just a reproduction of the thing? And I I mean, we can get into that as we go along. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we can get into it when we get into the story. But I do think that there are things and then just that the overall, like, especially the end of the second act, like the first two acts are this like incredible Iraq war metaphor that I never even internalized the first time I played this game it totally just skated past me I was like I don't know stuff is blowing up but now I look at what happens in this story and I'm like oh this is weird and I guess to complete the thought on this being a fulcrum point after this game Call of Duty becomes like much more the creepy very clearly pro-military like this is just cool and like guns are cool and like all these cool technological ways of blowing shit up are just cool and it's mm-hmm. cool to do this. And Where like this game working with people who are in the military and weapons manufacturers to like yeah, make sure yeah, the game's right. accurate, but then also how critical can you really be of those industries right. or that institution if you're working with those well, people? That's what I was wondering what the relationship is yeah. like between the army and these games. Yeah, Kirk, I had that same thought as I was playing. Like, is this game trying to be saying, is this yeah. game trying to tell the message that like this is all horrible and like this should not be happening and like we should not be in? here right now because there are some moments where it's like it's very clear that this and this i, I, I want to be clear before uh, that i'm not saying that i think that that is like the game's overarching point i think it's in there i think it's like an interesting aspect of this game and yeah no i was it, just but i don't think it. this is an anti-war game or something <laughs> no like i'm okay. but, but i was definitely thinking about like oh man like look at the consequences of like these decisions that we're making as a team and that made me it made me step back and think but then it's like then it cuts to the next like cool explosion and like amazing yeah. moment like like price 
passing you the gun so you can take out the three dudes in slow motion. Oh, that's and it's just like, conclusion. okay, really? Yeah. What is it saying here? Yeah. Um, it made me, it did make me think a lot though. Um, but mostly, I mean, my takeaway here is that like this game is very much a spectacle of like what game developers can do when they don't have to worry about the player having to make choices because there's so many like <laughs> incredible yeah. like scenes and explosions and graphical production and, and so much of it is just like, mind-boggling to think that this was in 2007 um and i think so much of it is possible because it's so linear and just so holds your hand the whole time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i also am impressed by like despite the linearity the way that the game just like reacts to your choices like that sniper mission in particular the way that like the captain you were playing with just like comments as you go and like if you get into a fight it's totally fine like i expected at one point i was experimenting with stuff and Mm -hmm. like like we were doing a stealth part of the mission and so i decided to shoot and i thought the game would just end and, and it would gives be like shit. don't do it because the game ends every time you like accidentally shoot one of your your allies it's like no friendly fire permitted and it just mm-hmm. does the game over but instead like you could actually get into the fight and the captain would criticize you as you went so there that 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 to me was impressive especially for a game from 2007 that that it has some reactivity in there despite being super linear so yeah i mean there's a lot of cool stuff in this game i will say despite feeling very uncomfortable and not particularly wanting to play games where you shoot people in the head over and over again definitely um, much more but it also kind of owns you know <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> exactly hey we should sign up for the the u.s army let's yeah. do it I, th- I hear that this is what it's okay. like okay well i'm convinced no i well and i it's funny because i know that i don't know about people playing call of duty and joining the military but i know that call of duty is wildly popular in the military mm-hmm. at least yes. was for a long time as a pastime yeah. very fun even though i think soldiers very clearly understand the difference between what you're oh, doing yeah. in that game and what they do day to day one of the things that really struck me about this game is the video game thing where it's like your team of five people can take out 400 people like without a scratch I part part of this is because I played on easy mode. I, full disclosure here, which it's pretty fun on easy. Fun. Actually, it is. a lot of my replay was on easy. <laughs> getting a shotgun fun. and just running around in on yeah. easy mode, very fun way to play Call of Duty. That's actually. exactly <laughs> what I did. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I did, and I enjoyed it it's much fun. more. Did you sing the Indiana Jones theme while you did it? <laughs> no, because no, that theme. I only sing that theme when something that when I deserve it. When I've done right. something <laughs> challenging. <laughs> Anyway, if you were playing um, on veteran, you would sing the right, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that idea that like you're this team of like, I, I guess you're not Navy SEALs because most of the time you're playing you're British British yeah. SAS force. But like this idea of which I think is very fetishized especially in U.S. pop culture, of like mm-hmm. the Navy SEALs coming in and being able to take out entire army bases, Jack Bauer's style, entire yeah. army bases by themselves, like the solo, like just two of us here, we're going to take out hundreds hundreds of dudes, of enemy dudes. That to me really was was striking in this game. Well, and there is, you know, so Call of Duty has been very closely tied to cinema. Like it's, it's, it's not so much tied to like the realities of war as it is tied to whatever the trends are in American war cinema. And mm. this one is like kind of post Black Hawk Down. I would say Black Hawk Down is like a big influence on this where when you start getting into the sequels, and I think the most recent one, it's more of the like Zero Dark Thirty thing where it's more realistic. And like yeah. they start saying Oscar Mike all the time and like using that term, which was like in Generation Kill, that came out in 2008, so that was like a year after this. So this is very Black Hawk Down, which I don't remember the particulars from Black Hawk Down, but there's a statistic in that movie and in the story of that, you know, battle in Mogadishu that I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was something like the U.S. Army lost, I don't remember, 12 people or something. Like it was like under 100 people and killed like a thousand people or something. Like it was this horrifying statistic. Bing! 
Editor Kirk here from the future. I just want to weigh in with the actual correct statistic from the Battle of Mogadishu in 1993. 19 American soldiers were killed and 73 were wounded. And on the Somali side, there's different numbers from different sources, but it's somewhere between several hundred and several thousand killed. So I wasn't actually very far off in my recollection, but I just wanted to give the precise numbers. Okay, back to the show. Bing! It was this horrifying statistic, when you look at it, that is actually representative of the the game is representing this thing where like one American soldier can kill so many people who don't have any training and are just sort of on rooftops shooting at them. But that's like not cool the way that in a video game you're like, yeah, I'm so powerful. In real life, that's like a horrifying thing to have be true. So that disconnect is a real thing for sure. That was the thing I found really difficult about playing it in 2020, I think, because I don't know, it's like I have more empathy now or something because my politics have changed. But like going through people's homes in this game, I was unable to disconnect from that and not see them as people in in a way that I'm sure I was easily able to do in 2007 because I just didn't have any conception of the way that an endless war um, on the part of the United States as an invading force can like just completely change a country or a town or city. And in this game, it was all I could think about and right uh, when everything in the game the game is doing everything it can to not make you think that there's no civilians like every guy just does has a mask on and looks basically the same like oh he's got the like rocket launcher i better get him first because he's gonna you know you're very conditioned quickly there are there are civilians in the one mission the one mission that is probably the creepiest is the drone striking mission the c-130 um is it a drone it's not a drone it's a plane it's a plane okay but there are civilians in that mission and you can't if you shoot them you get a game over and they specifically say, like, we do not have permission to shoot the church, which I thought was an interesting yeah. detail. Like, you can't yeah. blow up the yeah. church. You can blow up everything else. You just that can't mission blow up is the church. interesting. We'll talk about yeah, it. Let's yeah, go we'll a little bit in order. So, okay. since we're doing beans, and there is a story in this game, I think the first time I played this game, I wasn't even really aware of what was Me happening. Me either. The which, whole time. Like, you can I, easily play this game without paying yes. attention to the story yes. at all. But if you do pay attention, it's kind of fascinating. Well, it's not told in a coherent way. But it is a story, and it is, yeah. it's kind of really interesting i agree yeah, that it's i didn't like, get it until like an hour or two in but then i started following it and then it gets i mean so modern warfare is a trilogy and the story does continue even though it's weird like they had to make another one but modern this game ends pretty neatly yeah, like i didn't does. understand the epilogue you guys will have to talk explain that it's just, it's just a, like yeah it's, a it's just mission. the plane thing it's so just who were you rescuing thing. who were you rescuing it from doesn't matter it's no not one. Yeah, what? it's not part of the story. <laughs> it's just a thing they threw in. Oh, I assumed that was a teaser for the sequel. Nope. No, it's <laughs> just not. Just a cool plane I'll mission. tell you what happens what? in the sequel, though, because the sequel is nuts. That's getting a remastered this year. This, this sequel yeah. is not as good. Well, like, maybe but don't tell me. Maybe I should play maybe. it. <laughs> well, yeah. you yeah, got to know. Probably not. There's, I probably There's won't. two things that I need to tell you happen, but we'll get well, there. Well, no Russian we have to talk about. Well, but yeah, that, yeah. But then also the fact that Russia invades the United States of America. <laughs> that happens in the sequel. And you're like fighting outside of a Burger King, like in a oh, really? Oh wow! <laughs> Maybe I it's should a ridiculous play it. game. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's more of this shit. It's the same stuff. Yeah, I'm but right I don't now. Need to play on it. U.S. soil, totally different. Yeah, and you're mostly just fighting Russians, I think, in the, in the sequel or ultra nationalists. Of course, most nationalist nationalists there are. Um, okay, so. Act one. This game is basically broken into three acts. It goes really quick. It took me like yeah. five hours to finish it this time. Um, I was playing very easy short. a lot of it, but it's very mm-hmm. short, which I appreciate. A lot of variety in a short 
short time. You're always doing yep. different stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so Act 1 is basically... Call of Duty has always gone between multiple viewpoints, and this game does it too. It's just weird in this game because in the past, like in early games, like in the first Call of Duty, the whole idea is you're like the British like special forces, you're the American troops, This is you're like in, you know... Europe, like in World War II, and then you're the Russian army, and you're like fighting the Battle of Stalingrad, which is totally wild in the first one, because no one really, like, you know, I guess Enemy of the Gates had come out, but like, no one had really talked about Stalingrad, so it was like, it made sense, you'd want to tell a historical story with three viewpoints. In this game, it just feels a little more random, especially because... The U.S. guy Jackson that you're playing as is just like a nobody, and I mean yeah. he dies also. He dies. Spoilers, but like, you know, it just so you're basically going back and forth between these two storylines: the British storyline, American storyline. Yeah, I didn't even know. Like, I wasn't clear on, that I wasn't playing soap because the game it, does, <laughs> it it says it like in the loading screen. It says who you're playing yeah. as, but other than that, if you miss that, like everything, all the important story info is in the loading screens. This feels yeah, very much you like a game really that was designed. Really zoom in on that loading screen. It's, it's designed uh, for people with very short attention spans. Yeah. And it was, I think, designed around set pieces that they then stitched a narrative in the loading screens. Because yeah, it. it'll be like it'll be like Sergeant Jackson in the military, US, like in the Middle East. And you're like, okay, now right. I know where we are. And you have to just right. kind of go. And like but, a um, dialogue explaining. You don't things. though, even though Russia is is stated to be a country and they mention Azerbaijan oh, yeah, and some they other never places, say, they yeah. never say what mm-hmm. actual country Khaled al Assad is taking over. Which right. I I don't know. That is a decision that has infected other Call of Duties. Like even the most recent Call of Duty Modern Warfare, still an unnamed country. That's like a very TV movie thing, also to just like. I don't love it. If you're gonna include a lot of other countries, at least at least use another real one. Like I feel like the the disconnect for me between so many real countries and real places and then to just be like and it's the middle east like it it comes off as insulting and i don't even know that that was intended it's just like the idea is the opposite probably because you yeah. don't want to single out like iran but I feel or like something it has at least in 2020 i feel like it has the unintended result of just being like oh do you see all of these countries is the same then right. and like mm-hmm. having right. equivalent conflicts that don't matter to you and all subject to western intervention that may or may not have impacted said revolutions like okay yeah. Right. That that's pretty minimizing. Right. It it's right. It's it's it doesn't work. Even though like it bolsters the idea that this can be like this metaphorical like yeah, folly, like American folly in the Middle East that can stand in for the Iraq War. But yeah, they could have at least named the country, or made up then. a country. Like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This uh, remember this game also like famously all the Arabic script in this game is like nonsense. Like, right. be, yeah. like the signs will just say shit like nothing that means nothing. And it's just like someone took random Arabic letters. Yeah. Got a lot of uh, criticism for well that. deserved. Criticism. Yeah, I think Rami Rami Ismail, the developer, was like posting mm-hmm. some things on Twitter a while back about that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so anyways the story basically is that there is a coup in this unnamed middle eastern country al-assad takes over you have this brief playable period where you play the deposed the leader president. who's like executed yeah. um, yes. pretty, pretty cool wild. Scene. yeah yeah this i mean those kinds of it's this sets a template for things that future call of duty games do where like you play someone who gets killed yeah. but it's really like the first time i played this i remember it's like terrifying like it's, yeah, it yeah, reminds yeah. me of like the back of the car at the beginning of the last of us where yeah. you're in the back of this yes. car and you're watching as basically all your supporters are like executed in the street and like you're kind of being taken somewhere and it's not good and it's very scary like it's just like a scary good use of first person but visually so so impressive such yeah. an yes. impressive scene like technically mm-hmm. yeah so you're that guy's executed al-assad takes 
command. And this is basically seen as this provocation because he's super anti-American and America Mm -hmm. goes and invades. And meanwhile, Soap is who you're playing as in this game. The beloved character Soap who becomes a (laughs) recurring character in this series. Um, Does he really? Are you being sarcastic? Oh, no, no, no. So Soap in... Well, you never even hear him talk. No, what do yeah, we call he's not him a character. character. Well, so that's the you thing, though. It's like, but voice. check it out. In Modern Warfare Two, you are mm-hmm. no longer Soap. You are Roach, and Soap is Captain Price in Modern Warfare Two. So you meet him, and he has oh. like a voice, and he's this cool dude who like tells you what to do. So it's this I've thing where like, this and I've forgotten all. If of you're it, a fan of the series, you're like, oh, yeah. it's Soap. Oh, where like most people are like, Soap? Who the fuck was that? <laughs> like that guy didn't even talk. Like the you mean the pair of hands that held the gun? That's yeah. so mm-hmm. funny. So that's you're whatever. So you're new SAS guy, and you're with Captain. Captain Price, who is also a recurring Call of Duty character, he was like in the very yes. first game, kind of the Big only memorable character. Guy. Yeah, mustache. That's cigar. all you need to know. He's got a mustache. I always mm-hmm. find it so strange when games like do that thing where whoever you're controlling is suddenly mute, and even though other yeah. other like games with multiple protagonists, where like you'll jump around and yeah. like that person will become mute. It's very bizarre. I can't remember mm-hmm. if they make jokes about it in the sequel. They're like, oh, he's all talkative now or something. I kind of I hate when they make jokes about it, too. Yeah. Uh, so no, I'll think there's an exception, and it's Portal. Or is it Portal 2? Portal 2, where Wheatley is like, yeah. speak. And you, it's like press spacebar to speak, and you press yeah. spacebar, and you jump. You and he's jump. like, you yeah. jumped. <laughs> he's like, hmm, like, your brain might not be totally woke enough yet. Okay, yeah, anyway. so funny. So <laughs> that funny. was a good joke. That was funny. Yeah. But usually those jokes are annoying. So anyways, yeah, that that's basically it. Like a war begins in the Middle East. Meanwhile, there's kind of intrigue as the... SAS is mm-hmm. well is to clarify down. we begin the war the United States begins the war <laughs> yes this is we invade <laughs> precisely which is also like well and I guess it's the question of like if this game is criticizing that it's a very United States thing Unclear. to do <laughs> like to do this and yeah. there's totally I I knew where this was going where like the Middle Eastern invasion storyline was going. Mm-hmm. And so it does make the beginning of when you first are introduced to Jackson, it's like, man, it's such a cliche. It really feels creepy in that like military recruitment way you were talking about. Though I think it felt it felt a little different to me knowing that this whole thing is a mistake and a trap and that they're all going to die and they're going to get everybody in this city killed. Because yeah. it's like, dunna, dunna, dunna. it's like the military shit, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then it's just like, your guy, Vasquez, the guy on the radio, he's like, go, go. He just sucks. Like, I hate him. Like, I hate everybody that I'm with. But you're, but they're assholes and they're, they're making a huge mistake. So it's actually mm-hmm. kind of, there is that tension there, even while it's still like, look how cool my gun is. Like, we have night vision. We're killing people. Like, this is totally sweet. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I was very turned off after the first, like, hour or two of the, the vibe game. on that sucks. Like, on that intro where it's. After the nuke went off, I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah. And I mean, that whole crew expendable mission like the boat mission where the crew is mm-hmm. expendable like you are shooting people they're soldiers but they're drunk and they're not right. in a fit state to fight or they're you. asleep there's a scene where price right. shoots where guys who are murders sleeping. dudes like, who are sleeping yeah it's dark up. and it doesn't feel good and again the title of the mission is crew expendable which like you could argue that's an intentional commentary on how weird you're supposed to feel about this but it's also true that in 2007 all this went over my head so is it an effective commentary I don't know that it right. is. Right, and it's being right. played, this is a game that I think the developers know, everybody knows right. that this is being played by teenagers, a lot yeah. of teenagers. And I don't think that they, and yeah, I don't think, I think they're going to come off away from this thinking it's super cool. I think it was intended to be unsettling. I think that mm-hmm. that when Price yeah. shoots the guys asleep in their bed, it's, it's meant to be unsettling in a way where you're like, whoa, I can't believe 
I was just a party to that, like, and give you a, right. a thrill. Like, it's, you know, so it's not exactly being like, we endorse this behavior. This is a great thing to do. But it's also not being like, think of what you're doing, the, yeah. the horror. Like, it's sort of... It's more like, war is like reality this sometimes. Of war. Shit's yeah. crazy, it's man. Being sho- it's just shocking. Like, it's like, holy shit, like, that that happened. And, like, people do this kind of shit. And, like, yeah, yeah that's how grim these dudes are like they mm-hmm. just shoot people in their bunks while they're sleeping right yeah. well I mean that to me I'm curious as to I would be very curious we should get one of the writers on because I'm very curious to hear about some perspectives because like are you meant to like these people like Captain Price seems to me like he's supposed to be likable but like yeah. the other and I think dudes, he is still mm-hmm. the, the yeah. gang of bros like the dude no, who, Gaz Gaz like, is the best because he has a hat that's what makes Gaz Gaz <laughs> right. he, has, he a has, hat. has a hat Sergeant Griggs like, who's Gaz know. again yeah. But Griggs has the rap at the end. We'll talk about the rap. But I don't like Griggs just because of that horrible god. rap. Oh my god. Griggs. Remember when there were rap songs in games? Remember when there were barely any black characters in games and they had 2007? What a time. The nuke was the point for me where I was like, wow, holy crap. So part of that is like, it does that kind of like typical like heroic thing where they all died because they went back to rescue the chopper pilot. And it's the one female character in this yeah. video game yeah that's funny yeah, yeah i noticed Oof. that too ridiculous but yeah. but it's like it's very much like the yeah it's like, tough no man left behind no person left behind and that's why we all died and so no it, it feels like left right no damsel left behind but it, but it but mm-hmm. it's meant to make you feel that like oh man they, they really sacrificed they themselves for also her is how i read it right but as opposed to they fucked up by being in this war in the first place it's like they fucked yeah, up by like i mean i don't know no i don't so I disagree only because I was paying attention to this because I was like this rescue the rescue aspect of this is sort of like a, a questionable decision that they're like they shouldn't have done that and that's what got them killed but if you look at what happens when the nuke goes off there's like right. 12 helicopters in the air anyway. and all kinds of people around them like Amer- like US helicopters like they yeah they would have died anyways like I think a couple of miles wouldn't have made a difference and also a whole right. ton of other troops died too and then everybody in the city it's the first time that I played this, I'm curious, Jason, since you just played it. The first time I played this, I totally was like, oh, he's not dead. Like, I'm going to, now I'm yeah, going to have to, like, fight my way through this irradiated wasteland. And then yeah. instead, he's just like, his skin is melting off and he dies. And I was like, yeah. oh, he just died. <laughs> like, that was kind of surprising. Did you think he was going to live or did you think he was going to die? I mean, I, I didn't even know who I was playing as. I was like, is this Soap or Jackson? Like, who mm. are these people? I think one yeah, of the problems oh, okay. with the game is that it never, like, it desperately needed, like, actual character development at some point because you just have no idea who these people are. They're just, like, these generic faceless soldiers who, like, you watch as you go around and shooting people and just, like, yeah, I know that this isn't their mm-hmm. style to have like elaborate dialogue and cutscenes, but like you really needed like something to. to I think that's dis- changed a bit. Yeah, oh, like over time. Okay. Later games do have like Troy yeah. Baker was the main character in one of these, like in maybe Advanced Warfare, okay. where you talk. Well, and I know obviously all the big actors have been like the Kevin Spacey and like of the, course, yeah. a lot of big performances. Well, he was, and he yeah. wasn't the playable character, but they've had talking Got playable it. characters as well in some of them, and it arguably works. I mean. Like, Advanced Warfare, the Kevin Spacey one, that has, like, a a real story that feels like 
you know, it's like a kind right. of pot boiler, whatever, airplane paperback <laughs> kind of shitty. That's perfect for this kind of game, too. But it's yeah. like a story. And, like, it really has a lot of characters and twists and turns and, like, sci-fi well, shit. Well, I feel right. like the new the new Modern Warfare also was, like, renowned for, like, the one that came out last year, 2019, mm-hmm. had was renowned, renowned mm-hmm. for its story. Like, people yeah. were really, really, cri- really um, praising the story. And, like, they had hired some Naughty Dog writers right. and, like, were taking it very seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I there's something I like something about how stripped down the story is in this game just because uh, there's just it's so kind of matter of fact. Like it kind of all just happens. And it's frustrating in the ways that we're talking about. And I think we should talk about the C one thirty mission. Yeah. Death from above, I think, is the name of that mission. Yes. Probably the most talked about mission because that mission creeped me the fuck out. I think it, it's and I think to. I think that okay. mission is meant to creep you out. Like, I really think it's supposed to be creepy. When yeah. they're like, good kill, good kill. Yeah, there's the line where yeah, it's like... that's what I said before. Yeah, I read A bunch of pieces before. down yeah. there. Good job. And they're laughing. They're like, ho, ha, ha, Like, it's really creepy yeah. because you're in no danger. It's the only time in the game where you're just like murdering like hundreds of people and like no one can right. stop you. So when they say modern warfare, yeah, so that's when I started to think like, okay, modern warfare is this, like drone strikes and shooting yes. people. And is this yes. like meant to be a commentary and meant to make the player f- like question these things, or is it meant to be like, oh, this is cool? I think we're, so. We're yes. helping our soldiers out, and this is what. So I think it's doing double duty or like triple duty because, like everything in this game, it's introducing a like multiplayer gameplay mechanic that you're using because you can call in yeah. a C one thirty like while you're playing, and then you get that and you get that overhead Which view. Kind of undercuts any message that we could argue this has when it's totally sick and multiplayer that you're right. rewarded for a kill streak. Well, with like yeah. these types of attacks but continue with your point well I would say that, and I would say that it's not like zero sum like it isn't like it either works right. entirely or doesn't work entirely but, that's the but trick it, like, it, is that they that can really pa- have their cake and eat that it too with a mission it. like this where it's like yeah it's really disturbing but it's right. also really cool <laughs> and it's and it's, it's something you're really going to want to do in, in multiplayer yeah. when you're playing yeah, yeah it, I, I do think though this mission is just really interesting. I think it's like an interesting piece of video game history. Replaying it was fascinating. I don't think it's actually all that well designed. It's I like not. find it very frustrating <laughs> because you can't tell who the fuck your guys are and like the blinking is really hard to Which see. Which seems like it's the point though, is that it's really right. hard to tell who you're supposed to be shooting at and what you're supposed to even be doing. Everything looks the same to you from, from your vantage point. Right. You have That's so much a, control a over the situation. Like, I, I read that as intentional. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. the enemy trucks and the civilian trucks look identical. Literally identical. They're animated as such. Did you guys right. know that you could zoom in? I didn't realize that until way Yeah, you switched to those three different guns. That's yeah. like the big Yeah, gun. I didn't realize that until like like halfway through the mission that you can see. It doesn't help you that much. I mean, you still, everything still looks really flat and like, I don't know, dehumanized. Like you can't. You can also switch like the color scheme or whatever. Just, just Mm -hmm. throwing that out there. But they both though, like make it look unreal. Yes. And they both make it like, it's, it's, it's like a video game. Like it's as close to actually being the way that war is like a video game now, because that's, this whole other topic that these games never get into, like the idea of being a drone pilot, mm-hmm. which imagine that fucking video game, like yeah. drone pilot, you know, Call of Duty drone pilot. And you're just a guy and you start the game and you're like, whatever, in Nevada somewhere at a bar. And then you like go to work and kill a bunch of people all the way around the world. Like that'll never happen. And drones in this game are typically like Ender's game. The video this isn't game. a drone. To be clear, this is like a plane, but it's right. It's still similar. like you're operating something that's killing people that are very, very far away. Way. And you are and safe. are completely helpless to do anything about you. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. Where 
And when they introduce drones in the future, it's always like a narrative mechanic. Like it'll be like, like in Black Ops 2, it's like this guy has an army of drones and you have to fight them. So they're like robots that you're fighting. But yeah. it's not like, That's it like never sci-fi. at all grapples. Do you guys, right. Yeah. Are there any Call of Duties that, obviously we played this one, are there any of them that like stand out as like really, really good thought provoking games? Or are they all just kind of similar to this? Um, They're mm. all, well, I would say that this stands out as a, provocative game in a in a way that I think is actually like valuable like this game is like provocative in a way that like Medal of Honor Warfighter I played a lot of these games back when I was at Kotaku because I'd review them Uh it's just like not provocative this game like people are still talking about this game like still write essays about it and shit and I think that some of the other ones are too like Black Ops yeah I remember the first Black Ops having a lot of thoughts about that Black Ops 2 not so much and Modern Warfare 2 we've mentioned a couple of times and I feel like that provoked a lot of conversation because mm-hmm. of the no Russian yeah. mission, but also just because it right. was continuing some of the threads that are dropped in this game with structure mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Got but, it. Yeah. It's kind of a parabola in terms of noteworthy Call of Duty games. And I think that's why they're trying to recapture their glory now by making a modern warfare Call of Duty game this right, past right, year. Right. The other thing I keep thinking about is the dev cycle and the way this has turned into an annual game and how that yeah. affects the games themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think, and, and and I don't know, I don't really have any con- like congealed thoughts. It's just kind of like a blur in my mind. And I haven't played enough of these games to, to, to really get into it. But I think there's something to be said about the disjointed nature and the, the short nature of the campaign and the, and the weirdness of the campaign. And also the the de- the way that these games are cranked out year after year. After yeah, year. like the series itself is not really over. It doesn't. It, there are tropes of Call of Duty. Like you always have a scene where something blows up, and then you have the ringing in your ears, and it's slow motion. Like there's like a lot of tropes, uh-huh. and of course they all play the scene. They they have this a similar game feel, like a very good successful shooter game feel. But they're all so different. And the, this game really started the whole Treyarch Infinity Ward like pitting them against each other thing because yep. like Treyarch had only made Call of Duty 3 before that and not that many people even played that because it wasn't on PC and it was kind of seen as a lesser game and then this game like blew everything up mm-hmm. and then after this Treyarch made is I get them mixed up because there's World War 2 but this was World at War yeah. which was another World War 2 game and everyone was like what the fuck and also that game sucks like and everyone uh-huh. was just like so nobody wanted to play that and then Modern Warfare 2 came out and then Treyarch went off and did Black Ops and suddenly it's a whole thing. Like, that's a whole narrative. But it is interesting the way that there's been one of these every year. And kind of wild when you look back over the right. run. And so they were each doing the two-year cycle. And then Activision switched to the three-year cycle with Sledgehammer getting right. in there. Got it. Because I think the games just got so big. And they've become so involved with, like, zombies and multiplayer and all this. Like, oh, yeah. co-op and competitive. Right. Zombies. The fact that there's zombies in these games is still mind-boggling yeah. to me. That was actually... I, it's funny. I'd say, I say World of War sucked. But that game did introduce zombies. Call of Duty Zombies to the world. Yeah. I'm kind of... I kind of want to check out the new like Black Ops Cold War when that comes out just because I'm so curious as yeah. to what a, what a Call of Duty game looks like 13 years but later but you don't know the entire Black Ops storyline up to now <laughs> and it's very complicated and it's so weird <laughs> well this one That's this true. one I think is is after one so you'd only need to really know one it's like set okay, between one yeah. and two I think. kind of I, I don't mean know. one is pretty complicated yeah. on its own <laughs> so there's a thing in the C-130 mission that stuck out to me this time that I didn't remember from the time before and I'm wondering if you remember it it's the water tower and the curving road yes do you remember this yes there's this like really weird long conversation between I guess the pilot and like yeah. the spotter yeah and he's like whoever, he's like yeah. Yeah, he's like, reinforcements are coming up the curving road. Oh, it's around the water? Yeah, he's explaining them And he's where like, it it's is. next to the water tower. He's like, do you see the water tower? And he's like, uh, 
I'm not sure. And it's it's so like naturalistically delivered the dialogue. It's like not like any of the other dialogue in the game. He's yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I guess I see it. Is it over there? He's like, say that again. And he's like, it's the curving road over there. Oh, uh, okay. And it was so. I wonder who wrote that. I would I would read an oral history of that exchange because. There's this weird thing that I think that, like, military games and military media trade on, which is, like, that kind of believability of, like, things that soldiers really say. And it's these moments, it's not the moments of, like, all right, lads, let's one more into the breach and, like, let's fight for our motherland. It's more the moments of, like, believable, banal bullshit of people talking. But it's, like, kind of the most incredible line of dialogue in the whole game. <laughs> like, or, well, like, exchange in so the whole game. So that, to me, so my thought on that was, again, getting into the whole, like, is this supposed to be subversive thing? Because it's, mm. like, here are these people dying and screaming and terrified for their lives below yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. And this is what they're talking about. This is their biggest yeah. problem, is not knowing what the curve is. Which is, like, is. very true to... I mean, I don't know. I, I'm basing this on, like, reading and then watching Generation Kill. But there's so much banality in that world, like, in the world of the Iraq War. And, like, right. it was, like, so many guys who were, like, good at killing people kind of just talking shit and being like, I don't know, what are we even doing here? Like, and just sort of, like, yeah, like, having yeah, banal casual, conversations about, casual. yeah. Um, and, yeah, and there's one scene in that same mission, one moment in that same mission where, like, Captain Price and crew take over the trucks and, like, the the joke, they're joking on the radio, like, oh, they must have been pissed, like, those trucks look expensive. And, and Price is like, no, they were scared shitless and, like, yeah. they're laughing about it. And it's like, Yeah, really? that is a very creepy line, yeah. These are just, like, innocent civilians. These are not even, like, militants. These are, like... And that, yeah, I think all meant and meant to be disquieting. Like, I think that line, I remember that line, and I was like, ooh, I think there's a body of evidence you could build that, like, this game is not entirely supposed to be glamorizing war. And, like, it is meant to leave you, like, wondering, like, did I really play as the hero here? I think that's true, but I I also feel like it contradicts itself so much on that point. And that some of it is such a clear misstep. Like, people have mocked those quotes that appear on loading screens in Call of Duty (laughs) so much. And I would say that mockery is deserved. Like, they have quotes from, like, I don't know, Sun Tzu and, like, I don't know, Winston Churchill or whoever and it's like some from like real pieces real historical pieces of shit but then they also have quotes from just random people and they're like this is just an army saying and like some of the quotes are dumb as hell and some of them are kind of evocative but like don't really feel that evocative in a a sequence where maybe you just accidentally died because you were standing next to a car that was on fire like it just feels stupid as hell (laughs) to be like several times oh cool I'm looking at this totally sweet quote from the art of war after I just like fucked up something in this video game and like it doesn't feel deep at all or like it's making any commentary it feels I have a clip that I have to share that's like during the Chernobyl mission which we'll talk about in a second where I get flattened by a tank I was like crawling and then this I was like I wonder if I can go into the tank no you cannot the (laughs) tank squashes me and it squashes me and then it's not even a quote it just says like it's like a U.S. Army surface air missile costs ten thousand yes. dollars, and I was like, "What?" Like, I kept getting the quote that told me. me how much that plane costs—the plane that yeah. you fly in—and it's C-130, like yeah. millions of dollars. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, "I don't want to see this more than once." That's an like, obscene that's statistic. an absurd <laughs> amount of money for to be yeah. spent well, on this. Hold on, what if what if that is also meant to make you think, like, "Wow, uh, this is our taxpayers' so, is dollars." It? Is it? To, circling to the thing you were saying, and then that you were pushing. Back against Maddie. I think that there is both 
it's the thing of like this is not 100% any one thing like this yes. is not an anti-war war game it is absolutely having its cake and eating it too having its guns and shitting them too it is having its exactly. It's having its war and and fighting it too. Um, I think that the the dialogue stuff, the tonal stuff, where it's clearly trying to creep you out and make you uncomfortable at times for shock value, at times to really make you be like, no, this is pretty fucked up what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like I I do think that this the fact that the story is the U.S. is provoked into an idiotic war in the Middle East that ends in absolute calamity and death. Mm -hmm. There's like not many war games where like that is actually the thing that happens. And I don't think, I mean, that didn't happen on accident. They were like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And which is kind of surprising. Like most games, it's like, yeah, and then we went and won and we got the bad guys. And this is like, no, we like really it all went wrong and almost everybody I mean, that's kind of true, but you do get the codes at the end of the game. You stop the missile launch and you've, Kill that one no, guy. No, no, right. And that's exactly. And this is, I want to stress again and again, I don't want it to feel like I'm like coming down to be <laughs> no, like, this game is not. this brilliant subversive work. It's not. Like it, yeah. but it has these fascinating elements of I that. Agree. Despite also being this very clear cut, just glorification of the military and war that feels, you know, the, depending on your politics and how they've changed over the years, even more and more uncomfortable than it did when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Is your guy named Soap because he has to come in and clean everybody out? Clean out all yeah, the... Yeah, he's uh, the, all he has the, to clean up all the blood. He's yeah. the, like, um, viscera cleanup detail guy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This game could use a, an expansion for that. So let's talk about the final act. This is, like, I think this is, like, the game gets less interesting after the nuclear bomb, except for the Chernobyl mission, mm-hmm. which... At the time, and then playing it again, it's like the clear standout to me, like mechanically. It's just mm-hmm. way more interesting than everything else that happens in the game. Well, also, just the fact that you're you're running around in this ghillie suit is the funniest thing. It, it like is. They, It looks so silly, like watching the captain like, <laughs> run around yeah. all the time. And how you're basically stuff. invisible. I mean, so, man, that level. First, there's just the vistas in that level, having just watched their Chernobyl miniseries yes. then playing it. And I'm, I was so much more. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. And, of course, lots of video games have been set in Chernobyl. But there are just sequences in that game. The sequence where the guys walk right past you. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, it does feel like ghillie suit propaganda. <laughs> it's like, because at the beginning he's like, don't worry, they can't see you in your ghillie suit. It's really absurd. Like, literally, you're invisible. Like, when you're lying well, in prone like, in front well, of these don't move. But it's Listen, literally. You move around, you're totally screwed. But just it stay is really preposterous. Still. There are four tanks and like a phalanx of dudes. It's like literally 15 guys. But what a great sequence though it's how great. good is that sequence when they like walk right past and you're like fuck and then like they go right over you it's, it's so really funny. good shit it's so funny yeah it's good shit um also this i feel like this level has it has a lot of variety just within itself it does because this let me ask you what you both think of the sniper rifle section of this mission which i hate and the have never been good at part or yeah climax? where you have to make the shot it doesn't yeah. make sense the wind it's like it's like don't forget he uses some gibberish word it's like don't no, it's forget not gibberish. about the, it's the corellius effect or something it's yeah, the, the curvature it, of the earth which doesn't matter but really. it doesn't explain what that means like it's never actually right. well, i know what the corellius effect said, is but also okay, you don't I need to factor it in because it i i you still just have to shoot at the right. guy there's not really any drop off it's just the wind well, well the wind so affects the wind the affects shot. it I mean, but yeah. if you miss him, like you can just keep shooting. That's the thing. So it really doesn't matter. Well, that's well, true. I miss him a lot of times. I don't know. I, I always yeah. miss him. I like, missed him a billion times. Clearly, Jason's very good at this. I missed him a billion you can, times. He gets away a lot, and the checkpoint sucks because you go all the way back. Mm-hmm. Though that's annoying. a moment in that sequence that's great is when the helicopter like yes. goes in between you. Yes, I you're like, like that. all right, I got him. And the wind straightens out, and then it's like, oh fuck, 
helicopter and yeah. it's like a dude's face is just in your sights. It's very, fun. very good. Yeah. It's and fun. then you have to take out that helicopter. Uh, yeah. yeah, later, of course, yeah. you get to. You yeah, get to there's do a it. lot of just, man, I was just blown away at like the visuals in this game. And I'm sure that's mm-hmm. the case of all Call of Duty games that they're all just like, oh, yeah. my, they are all roller coasters. I mean, again, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like why I liked playing these games so much mm-hmm. is because they really scratch a certain itch. Like, yeah, they, that they adrenaline are rush. really fun. <laughs> Well, like, what's nice is in the future, like when you get into Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, which is in fucking outer space, and like you have a robot buddy with you, um, Black Ops 2, most of it is in the future. Like, it, it's just dumb action. So and weird. a lot of times it's just like like watching a dumb future action movie. And it doesn't have that weird sort of frisson that this game has that yes. I would argue is what makes this game special in yes, some ways and I would interesting. Agree. But also what makes it like creepy and weird at times too. Mm-hmm. When you're just in space and you're fighting robots. Like, yeah, it's like nothing you know, matters and this is Yeah, like it's it, right. And then it just comes out to well, it's fun to shoot things in these games, which is, you know, true across all oh. of them. You're fighting robots in in those games? You fight robots? Some of them, yeah. You fight people too. Like are people are on the wow. sides of the robots? I don't know. I don't remember. No. There's man, Black Ops three. Um, Black Ops 3 has Christopher Maloney in it. That game takes place largely in virtual reality. There's all this stuff where like you'll Very be in a VR dream <laughs> and then you get woken up out of it and you're actually dead and now you have a robot arm, <laughs> but it wasn't really you and it was someone else's consciousness. It gets so I gotta wild. play Black Ops 3. What? I didn't play well, like, that one. Black Sounds Ops like 2 has a branching dream. narrative yeah. where like you like you have like missions where your guy can die, but the story keeps going, yeah, and then the story has a different ending depending on like what you do. They get they really try a lot with these. Well, series. so for Black Ops Four, I don't know if you guys remember, I wrote a Guitar Hero article last year about how Black Ops Four, which didn't have a campaign, it was supposed to have a campaign, and the thing they were trying yeah. to do was like like a co op mission or like a like a two person like competitive like two v two where like two teams of two would be like competing against one another in missions, and then <laughs> the the yeah, narrative yeah. would branch based on who won. Um, oh, wow. They were trying to oh, do that's some cool. wild, ambitious stuff. They're yeah. ambitious. Like Treyarch has been ambitious for a while, and it's funny because the rap this series gets is that every game is kind of the same. I think because Call of this this one, Modern Warfare, is like very straightforward. Like you said, you just kind of go from thing to thing. It mm-hmm. goes down really smooth. You just play it. It tells you exactly what to do, and then it's over. Um, where then in the future they really were like, no, we're feeling antsy. Like, let's do some weird shit. And it rarely works. Like, the things they're doing. Like, I'd rather just play a Bioware game if I want a branching story. Like, that's not really what I play Call of Duty for, but it's always kind of cool hmm. how they experiment. So, so I wonder, did, you, did the two of you have the experience that I had quite frequently in this game and I've always had in Call of Duty games where you feel like you're an actor who doesn't know where the fuck you're supposed to stand and everybody else <laughs> does. Because yes. <laughs> I had that happen a lot. Well, do you turn off your like UI? Because I just followed the, the yellow dot on the bottom of my screen. No, it's more like when you stack up on a door, yeah. like yeah. one guy is on one side and I'm like, am I supposed to be here? Or is the guy going to try to be here? Yeah. all be tripping over each yeah. other or there'd be moments yeah. where like nothing was happening and I'd be like, what? Yes. what's going on? And then I would realize like, that I just gotta needed go in there. to like stand a little bit closer to a door yep. to get Captain Price to walk yeah. up to the door and open it for me and I'd be like oh okay or like that scene so so eventually you have to um, find this guy's son like this Russian ultranationalist mm-hmm. guy's son yes. and by the it's time chase, you get to him chasing. he kills himself so you can't actually capture him but there's this weird right. moment where you're like walking up to him and I was like 
I, I feel like I had like a sense memory of playing that mission in the past where I was like, <laughs> I feel like walking up to him is wrong. Like something bad is going to happen if I do that. And so I just like kept not doing it. And like just sort of like standing around on He's the like, roof. He's like, stay away, stay away. And being like, I don't, I don't know how to end this mission. How does this mission oh, end? And then funny. eventually I was like, I'll just walk up to him, even though nobody would ever do that. That would be crazy. And then I did. And then he killed himself and the mission ends. And I was like, oh, right. That's that's this game. So, that's yeah. There's a thing that happens in this game that I think they got rid of maybe after this one at some point, which is the infinite uh, like clown car houses of dudes that just until you tr- yeah. pass a certain line. There are still some infinite spawns in this in this version. Yeah, in this game, I think and this was the last version. one to yeah. do them, and then I think. After that, they stopped. I was doing wondering it. Yeah. about that. I felt like that was the so case. So there are these but, times where, yeah, uh-huh. you just are fighting forever. And on higher difficulties, and this, man, Call of Duty 2, like the Battle for Hill 400, there are these like sequences that are like pretty breathless in that game because you're like overwhelmed and you have to push forward, which yeah. is like a thing that happened in World War II. I think it was Simon Ferrari back when he was writing Games Criticism wrote this. I remember reading this really smart thing where his take was that like it's this metaphor for like, you know, fighting an like unstoppable, an overwhelming war. force. Force. Yeah. yeah, and like fighting an overwhelming force and like the feeling of being overwhelmed, which yeah. this game does, but it's it totally falls apart when you're playing on easy. <laughs> like it, it doesn't. <laughs> and also when you just realize you're like, wait, where the fuck am I supposed to go? And you're trying to find the dot, but it's not clear where it is. And the guys are all just standing there being like, all right, all right, let's go. All right. And you're like, oh, there they are. <laughs> and, like, and it's like the new recruit was off fucking around, like, you know, half a click behind and you. And then he kind of shows up. everybody's just waiting for you to come yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also funny that Captain Price is constantly telling Soap to do everything. Yeah. It's yeah. always like, Soap, do the C4. Soap, snipe that guy. Soap, yeah, yeah. Get the rocket launcher. Get the yeah, rocket yeah, launcher. Yeah. Get the and, singer. And like, Soap isn't even that good. Like sometimes he would no. tell me to do something and I would like really fuck it up. And I'd be like, why does yep. he keep asking me to do things? It's because I have protagonist right. syndrome. And so Captain Price like has he to comes ask around me. the corner and I would shoot him. Like I would literally <laughs> accidentally shoot I'd be like, bam! And he's like, I feel like that was <laughs> that was another thing that I was like, is this a commentary? Because there are a lot of levels yeah. where it's genuinely hard to tell the difference between your guys and the yeah. other guys. And I was like, this feels like intentional enemy design where they're trying to make it confusing mm-hmm. for me but like is it though or is it just bad design like I truly Wait, it's just hard to read I don't right. know I don't know I, don't if, know. I feel like if it was supposed to be intentionally confusing it wouldn't pop up the names every time you like right well over. It's, it does take yeah. a split second there were certainly some moments when I accidentally right. friendly fired like when oh, I yeah. was you know strafing around a corner constantly friendly firing people <laughs> I like that they cut you a little slack like it'll just be like bam it's like oh I just shot you in the shoulder my bad like yep. I'll just keep going yep. Um, can we talk about the ending, by the way? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get to the ending. I think I think we should. So the ending. Uh, <laughs> what you get in a big car? You go and you stop the nukes. This is like this is when it becomes like a Bond movie. There are nukes now. So they Russia and unnamed from, country yeah. are working together to fire missiles at the eastern seaboard, and like a million right. people are going to die if the nukes connect because it would be the right. worst thing. Seventeen ever. million. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah showing they projections. Show they show you all the projection. all the projections. You're right. It's probably a, several million more than than my imagined projection of just a mere million people dying. But don't worry, because Soap and his buds are going to find the the codes. A team of five people. A team of five people people is is, is, going to attack. They get some help, I think, from various people. But yeah, you run in, you kind of go in through this like very bondy base. So And then you, you blow it up, and then there's the car chase, and then you shoot the guy. I will say just... 
really briefly on this final mission. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about the ending, okay. but like just to because I don't think this mission is actually that interesting when you go to stop the, it's the not nukes. Really, the tanks and the C four and all that. Yeah, that's fine. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, right? You have to throw smoke grenades. It's very Call of Duty. <laughs> like that's a very Call of Duty two thing to have to do. Like mm-hmm. in, in World War two, that was like a crazy thing. You'd have to run out and blow up the tank. In this, it's like, why is there a tank like driving around? <laughs> like, this doesn't feel like modern warfare, but it feels like Call of Duty. So, but I remember that mission being pretty miserable, like on normal or hard difficulty. Mm. Like earlier times when I played this game, because there's so much just corridors where yeah. you're like going down a corridor and then some dudes come from the sides. But playing this on easy, I just got a shotgun. It's super fun. Yeah, me it too. It was so fun. I did the exact same thing with the shotgun. I was like cracking up. I was yep. like, wow, this is like the most fun I've maybe ever had playing Call of Duty single player. <laughs> like yeah. just running through this dumb corridor. It's like just shooting guys. So that was kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I love a corridor. It was good. But yeah, let's talk about that ending yeah. because the way it ends okay. is like you think that you're about to die because the, yes. the cave... Um, the terrorist yeah. dude, he like kills all your friends and kills Gaz. Yeah, Gaz in his Gaz. hat. You're like, no, Gaz, you're the best <laughs> character in this game. You and Price are just like lying there, left for dead, and then like Price slides you the pistol, and it's all slow. Very dramatic. And you take the yeah, three because of them you're out. the one with the clear shot, and you're the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And you're so the he video slides right. you the guns. Yeah, and then you it's very, very strange. slowly shoot him. And I want to know how how in this game that is supposed to be ultra realistic, you suddenly get slow mo powers at the end. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only to time to take out the three guys. That totally becomes a trope. That's a Call of Duty trope. Is the like yeah. slow mo pistol to like get the guy at the last second? Yeah. Well, the trope. A, yeah, that's the, a very yeah. video gamey thing. The Modern Warfare Two trope is the the guy welcomes you to the end of the mission and opens the door and then shoots you. Like, and that happens like sixteen times in Modern <laughs> Warfare Two. Like, it, it happens to the point where you're like, oh, this guy's gonna kill me, and then he's like kills you. Yeah. That's that's a fun motif, a though, contra. to just constantly sure, yeah. die at the end of every mission you've ever done. <laughs> like, I actually like that. I wish they committed no, agree, to that agree. fully as, like, every single mission right. you play is a different guy who right. dies at the end. And you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this, is, this is war, folks. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that more games don't take this whole ensemble protagonist yeah. thing. And I guess to call that out and to point out, I think the most effective example of this I've ever seen in a game is Battlefield 1, the opening mission of that game, which does this really well, where... It just starts and you're like in war in World War One, and when you die, each time you die, you respawn as a new person and it gives you like an epitaph of the name of the person you just were who died. And it like really actually does convey So it's a roguelike that, you're saying. Yeah, and the rest of the game isn't like this. That game is interesting though. Um this the single player campaign. But it's mm-hmm. it's I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I've never seen a war game do this before. Yeah. It's like really actually really effective. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I'm surprised that more games, even not shooters, like other games, haven't taken that idea of like, okay, we're gonna make the protag like a bunch of, you're gonna be as the protagonist, you're gonna be a bunch of different characters and like some of them might die. And because like rarely would a game kill a proper video game protagonist that it's set up for 10, 15, 20 hours. Unless it was like heavy rain and they lampshaded it and made such a big deal out of it right. if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're protagonist rarely I mean occasionally an RPG will like twist you out or something like a fake you out like that yeah, yeah. but but I'm saying it would it could be effective the way that it is in Call of Duty as like an ensemble cast type thing and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I was thinking about it but also the flip side of that is that it's much harder to do character development if you know your character is right. about to die and that is really what this game suffers from the most. I think if that's like this game's biggest weakness is like you come into the game and leave the game knowing just like you leave the game knowing just as much about the characters as you did when you it came It reminds out. me so much of Master Chief Syndrome, like the way that <laughs> yeah. Captain Price is this kind of beloved Call of Duty character. Similar time Is he really? Yeah. I was shocked when you told me the Captain well, Price Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of projecting like not beloved by me. So what do I know? Maybe I'm projecting. It feels like okay. kind of like a joke version of beloved where it's like, oh, you remember this, this guy. 
I mean, even the, the Master the Chief stuff is, is sort of. Well, doesn't thing. he have a totally new voice true, in, true. in the new college in the Modern Warfare reboot? Like they just gave him a new character. He might. So, I haven't played it yet. The 2019 one, they gave him a new voice, and like, and this one, this new Black Ops, they're giving the Black Ops characters new voices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like weird. People really care. <laughs> no, right? It's it's just it it's always cracked me up that it's like the one person with a recognizable physical trait like this guy uh-huh. just has like his mutton mustache. chops yes and like his his and his kind of smokes a cigar is like you have to latch onto him and you're like that guy like that's the character I care about we're like with Master Chief it's sort of the same it's like well he's the main character he might just be like an anonymous dude in a suit but like he's my protagonist right. so I love him well Price so Price did actually get character development and that you saw him in the past like as that's a true. lieutenant yeah, no, that's like, true. That is shooting true. and learning and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you did see mm-hmm. a little bit of that but that's like yeah. really thin character Extremely. development you're being Call very kind character development yeah captain price you saw him in the past and that you saw him in the past and he wasn't talking so it's like not only that he was a lower rank which means he he was promoted character growth they call that character a lieutenant and now a captain i actually expected well i actually expected that other captain who was with him to die and like price to very obi-wan situation Mm -hmm. hero's journey joseph campbell exactly call of duty is echoing all of it Operating None on a profound that level. That's what I expected, but that it, it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't even matter. But then I expected that to be why Price cared so much about the cave and like going right, after him. Right. But nope. no, he just hated that guy because nope. he was a Russian ultranationalist. He's an enemy guy. of freedom. He's he just, just an enemy. Hates yeah. enemies of freedom. <laughs> he was just a bad yeah. guy. I guess. What I don't a strange know. series. I, I, I'm so baffled that this is. I guess it's the multiplayer that really makes yes. the series oh, yeah, the most the popular in owns. the world. <laughs> yeah. um, and that I, I I haven't played, but I can see why it would be and so the co op and the zombies and the whole package. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's the, the campaigns are these like fascinating weird artifacts that come out right. every year, right? And they're they're like you played this one. They're like fun and weird and provocative, and you finish it, and you're like, all right, well, that was like fucking an experience, yeah. right? But most people play for the zombies and, and like, the multiplayer. They speak to the anxieties of the time and and the debates of the time. I mean, yeah. I, I think the reason why the game feels uneven in, in, in what its political statement is, is because that's probably how a lot of people were feeling in 2007. I mean, clearly right. we sure. weren't sure how we felt about politics at that time. So right. mm-hmm. sense that this game was also reflecting that. So yeah, uh, right. yeah very, yeah, just a very, very strange, very strange game. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, it still blows my mind that like, this is the same series that inter- introduced a zombies mode. And that's like okay. one of its star attractions. We- Talk to the guy who made up the zombies mode yeah, on Jesse, split screen yeah, way did. back yes. in the day, and he talked about how that the creation of zombies was like sort of a joke. Yeah, where he just and it's just so funny that that's become so. It popular. wasn't like they planned. I'm just I'm just no. clarifying. Like it's not like they set out to put a zombies mode into the Call opposite. Of Duty well, like and yes. if you played like zombies in Black Ops three or four, like it becomes it's like Jeff Goldblum and Heather Graham and all these famous people playing characters in like a noir like speakeasy world, and it's it's so elaborate and like complicated and there's so many rules and it unfolds over this it it very much feels like the kind of thing that started as a joke and then just because grew it did. weird barnacles onto itself <laughs> exactly like and then just became this like yeah mutant. everyone should go listen to our interview our GDC Kotaka split screen interview with Jesse yeah that Snyder. was a fun one that was a good one for sure um, so yeah there's a lot more we could talk about there's a lot of Call of Duty stuff to talk about but this is good this is fun Jason yeah. I'm glad that you finally played Modern Warfare and I was glad Congrats. that you yeah. played it it was, no, it it was, was good I always enjoy having an excuse to like fill in holes in my gaming knowledge so yeah that was mm-hmm. that was a good experience now you just need to play all 16 remaining games <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
One day. Yeah. And a hundred hours of multiplayer. Easy. Yeah, no one problem. day. But I, I'll definitely consider playing future ones. Like as they yeah, yeah. as they come out, I'll see if if any of them really strike my interest. Part of the problem with Call of Duty, at least for me, for all of us, I think, is that it comes out just in the fall season as all yeah. the other games are coming out, and there's so much it's other. Kind stuff of more play. of a let's play it in the spring if if mm. we have time. They're yeah. nice and short, and that's nice about them. So this was fun. Thanks so much. If you're listening, that means that you're a member, and thanks so much for being a member. Yeah. Uh, just to say that at the you. end here. Big thank you. Yes, thank you for supporting the show. We yeah, very much appreciate it. You're making this possible. And yeah, we'll be back next month with another Beans cast and yes. next week uh, or later this week with more Triple Click. Until then, I will see you both uh, next time. Yes. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org slash join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.